Disclaimer. South Park is the property of Trey Parker and Matt Stone. All opinions voiced are our own and not theirs. The following program contains educational course language and due to its hilariously inappropriate content should not be listened to by anyone. And welcome to our fifth episode. My name is Sophie. And I'm Amanda. And we're so excited to be bringing you a South Park podcast that dives into the complex social constructs and issues that South Park plays off. We hope you leave today thinking, I learned something today and had a chuckle. Each episode, Amanda and I will take a topic from the episode or two, as some episodes are chock full of topics, and relate South Park to the real world. Fun fact. This episode marked the first appearance of Shelley Marsh and Sharon Marsh, Stan's sister and mother, as well as the mad scientist Dr. Mephisto, who was inspired by the title character of the 1996 film The Island of Dr. Moreau, which is a science fiction horror film about a doctor who uses the key of science to turn animal life forms into human-like beasts, which threatens not only the island laboratory, but ultimately all humankind. This episode touches on genetic engineering, and this episode will be a little different as Amanda and I will be taking on the same topic and having a huge discussion. In this week's episode, the boys try to breed a pig with an elephant and look for Dr. Alfonso Manifesto's help. Instead, Dr. Manifesto creates a clone of Stan that terrorizes the town. Okay, to start, what is genetic engineering? To put it simply, it is the direct manipulation of an organism's genes to change the genetic makeup of cells, including the transfer of genes within and across species boundaries to produce improved or new organisms. So basically what we all wanted to do to ourselves in high school when we were going through puberty. Ooh, that's a, yeah, that's actually a really good point. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like basically creating the perfect result. Mm-hmm is what genetic engineering is through the concept of science. Before I looked up, obviously, what the uh, definition of genetic engineering was, I had definitely heard of some of the things we'll talk about today, like GMOs. Obviously, in the episode, they're trying to create a tiny elephant. And in our society, we're always looking for designer things. So... My brain went to the design of drugs. I'm going to cut that out. Well, it's just interesting to like how society will try to go about changing something and how it won't even stick to one specific model. Like if you look at the way that iPhones were even produced, like I swear in the past year or so, originally phones were like tiny, 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 tiny. And then they wanted to go big, 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 big. And now they're tiny. Like, did you know there's an iPhone mini now? No. What? Yeah. With the iPhone, yeah. With the iPhone 12s, there is now an iPhone mini. Why? Right? Why do we need that? Right? Like, I swear, not five years ago, everyone was like, Samsung Plus, iPhone Plus. We were getting bigger, and now we're getting smaller. Yeah. Hmm. Now they want to go back to what it usually, what it originally was, because I swear, the mini is like the same size as like an iPhone 4, an iPhone 6. That's so random. But then I guess it goes back to kind of like with the science of like creating like a designer pet. Mm -hmm. So you've got your like teacup pigs and your teacup Yorkies because we're living in such like New York apartments right where you need a small dog and then there's us with our big dogs here in Canada because 
I don't know. They're great. <laughs> yeah, but there's no way our guys are fitting in purses. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, per- purses pops. Yeah. And nor would we want them to. We like our guys nice and big. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it is just interesting, like, where they will take things. Like, did you know that they will, they've actually mixed, like, a husky and a corgi? Oh, yeah, and they look so cute. So but, cute. like, obviously that's gener- genetic engineering because... I don't think a husky and a corgi would go so well together. I mean, um, I mean, put them in front of a plate of spaghetti. You never know what's going to happen. But I do not think spaghetti eating was involved in the making of a corgi husky. No. <laughs> no. So actually a thing about genetic engineering, it reminds me of grade 12 biology class. When you would do the gene workout, so it would be like... The one person has brown eyes, this person has blue eyes, what will their kids' eyes be? Like, what is the percentage? Oh, yeah. And so basically, I guess that's a really simple way of putting what gene engineering is, getting a result that you want. So instead of, for example, blue eyes is a recessive gene. So if you're with someone who has brown eyes, brown is dominant. So basically, if you're with someone with brown eyes, it's more like you're gonna get a brown-eyed kid versus genetic engineering what they're thinking of is that oh you want a blue-eyed kid we can do that we can change the genes so we'll talk about actually what designer kids are I guess yeah that's what it comes down to is designer is what humans are wanting to move towards creating our own versions of things yeah doing it with eerily perfection yeah it's actually kind of creepy when you think about it oh heck yeah Okay, guys, so now we're going to dive into the pros and cons of genetic engineering. So starting with the pros, a really big pro is you can tackle and defeat specific diseases. Some of the most deadly and difficult diseases in the world that have so much restricted destruction could be wiped out by the use of genetic engineering. There are a number of genetic mutations that humans can suffer from that will probably never be ended unless we actively intervene and genetically engineer the next generation to withstand these problems. For example, cystic fibrosis is a progressive and dangerous disease for which there is no known cure, but it could be completely cured with the help of selective genetic engineering. See, in cystic fibrosis is really interesting. Where we live, we actually have a really great cystic fibrosis event uh, because cystic fibrosis usually attacks children. So it's a really cute princess ball it's super cute Mm -hmm. but it's one of those diseases that there's no way to prevent it it is it's just in your genes and so genetic engineering would be at birth removing or altering some of these genes so that diseases like cystic fibrosis would not exist anymore Mm -hmm. one less thing that we as a society would have to worry about basically yeah Mm -hmm. Another pro to genetic engineering is the production of new foods. So genetic engineering is not just good for people. With it, we can design foods that are better able to withstand harsh temperatures, such as the very hot or the very cold, which we experience both here in Canada, and that are packed full of the right nutrients that humans and animals need to survive. We may also be able to make our foods have better medicinal values, thus introducing edible vaccines readily available to people all over the world. Personally, that sounds amazing. I hate needles. I know you do too, Sophie. It's, it's not fun. So like, if you could just... That did not even click to me. <laughs> like, 
I wrote some of these notes and like I was like oh cool edible vaccines yeah that'd be fantastic for places where maybe they can't ship vaccines and I didn't even fathom that yeah needles oh my god yeah make this make <laughs> can this be a thing please yeah do your scientists like I know you're working on COVID and all that fun stuff right now but divert some of your resources to this please like I mean they're <laughs> coming up with a COVID vaccine or they have come up with a COVID vaccine so can it be like a piece of chocolate COVID gummy COVID gummy oh my goodness okay I, yeah I guarantee you there would be no hesitation to get the vaccine it would just be like Here's a snack. Okay. Okay. Sweet. <laughs> Nobody Take says that no to free vaccines. Food. <laughs> yeah, you don't say no to free food. Perfect. <sighs> this is obviously really great for places where, like you said, it's too cold or it's too hot. So uh, definitely people can take advantage of making new foods and not having to rely on other countries or imports, which if you're a poorer country, maybe you can't afford, maybe you don't have the trade deals. Like it would just be really great. Yeah. Or even to put it in context of like where we are in Canada, for eight months out of the year, the ground's frozen. So most of the vegetables and fruits that we're eating are being imported in from other places. So they're, they don't, they just don't taste the same. Like no. it's just not the same. But if we could start hosting or hosting those types of resources here oh my goodness like can you imagine how good that would taste That'd be so good mm. have you seen there's actually these trees that you can plant and they will like grow like oranges and like apples like any kind of fruit you can think of it's just like random fruit and that's genetic engineering obviously and there's also like fruit that's combined i can't think of anything off the top of my head oh there's like the banana oranges yeah and like, i saw they were doing something with like a watermelon even just even just the fact that they make square watermelons right that is a thing yeah. i'm thinking of cake um, that that trend of is it cake is it cake that's or what i'm wondering <laughs> but you're right i think that's actually isn't that a japanese delicacy delicacy yeah, yeah. yeah uh there's not so much genetic engineering going on there like in terms of like gene splicing and stuff but even so they like grow it in a box so it takes that shape so it's modifying the genes in a more physical rather than genetic way right mm -hmm. cool that's interesting yeah. and two another pro that we can talk about in terms of genetic engineering is faster growth in plants so the growth rate in plants can actually again be genetically modified to mature promptly the crops can be engineered to survive in unfavorable conditions such as high heat or low light and incre increased crop yield. This gives farmers the scope to expand farming beyond traditional locations and use the empty lands for other purposes. Which once again goes back to um, with, <laughs> with places that can't grow um, certain vegetables because of their climate, maybe they could grow all they need for their country right away very fast right or yeah if you think of some of the countries that are going through very massive food insecurity constantly what is it like four months to grow carrots goodness yeah probably yeah. like i know me personally in my garden it takes that long mm -hmm. <laughs> um so imagine being able to cut that time down to a week yeah and being able to do that in your backyard yeah exactly like food banks Aha. Oh. Okay, this is an idea. I mean, we're not into the, the cons of genetic engineering yet, but currently right now we've got vaccine gummies and mm -hmm. we've got these great carrots that can be grown right away and sent to food banks. And yeah, that would really help. And I think especially too with the population that we have mm -hmm. in, I almost said Canada, but I meant the earth. <laughs> um, 
it definitely would help in that situation. Yeah. Or even too, like, what if we started funding food banks to start growing their own food in this way? Cut out the middleman, just make the food bank the source of this food. So fun fact, our local food banks are doing that. <gasps> they got funded to do it, they got a greenhouse, but it goes back to, unfortunately, because of our temperatures, they can only do it certain months out of the year. Yeah. So unfortunately, they're not making enough. They did actually last year do a campaign where they said, hey guys, because of COVID-19 and because we're having more people who are needing food, would you be able to donate something from your garden? Yeah. So, well, yeah. Well, even in the one of the more higher crime rate areas here in the city, there's actually a community garden where it's maintained by volunteers all year round. People can just come in and take whatever they need. So, on the topic of genetically modified crops, did you know that in many countries around the world, bananas are a main source of calories? Wow, what's that thing where you eat bananas for? It's like potassium? Yeah, where they're like, oh, I'm feeling this. Oh, you eat a banana. According to reports from Uganda, their, their production is compromised by the emergence of new diseases. Uganda scientists have successfully used a genetic modification inserting a pepper gene into bananas, which prevents the fruit from getting said disease. I wonder if that changes the taste of them. Ooh, spicy bananas. I know, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking hot peppers. It's probably like the... Like a green pepper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm thinking like, oh, it's like <laughs> spicy, spicy banana. bananas. Although I'm sure there's somebody out there who would be into that. Oh, yeah. Mm. Of course, GMOs, genetic engineering, it's always in the media. And so we're going to talk about what the cons of genetic engineering are. So the first main one that people always bring up is playing God. So when genetic engineering first became possible, people's first reactions were to immediately question whether it was right. Many religions believe that genetic engineering, after all, is equivalent to playing with God. Besides the religious arguments, however, there are a number of ethical objections. While we should be fighting against disease, do we need at least a few illnesses? Otherwise, we could soon become overpopulated. Living longer is already causing social problems in the world today, so to artificially extend someone's time on Earth might cause even more problems further down the line, problems that we cannot possibly predict. Well, I mean, if you even look at it, like, people are living, the life expectancy is twice as long as it was 100 years ago. Mm -hmm. So there's much more going into that that they didn't necessarily plan for, like elder care and... When people talk about till death do us part, well, death was originally in your 40s. <laughs> That's true. You've got to stretch it out a bit longer yeah, now. now. it's till your 80s. Like, it's an extra 40 years on your life that people weren't expecting. And it's an interesting thing that they say here about how the ethical objections about fighting disease. Because I feel like as a human, we want to fight disease. We want to live longer. But there is also that fact of we're already becoming overpopulated. Going back to food, we don't have enough food and resources for people. So disease is like an easy way to get rid of people. That sounds so awful. But kind of. Kind of just natural selection, unfortunately. Yeah. Because, I mean, we already do have such a massive overpopulation problem. Like... At the rate that we're growing, the resources are not going to be lasting. So we either need to get behind new ways to support that or start shipping people off to Mars. I Elon do Musk. not volunteer as tribute. 
Another con is unfavorable diversity. Genetic engineering species applied to the wild can have a negative impact on the domestic species. As modified species tend to be stronger, this introduction of modified species may drive the rapid disappearance of unmodified species. This would result in decreased diversity. However, what is to stop just a handful of people taking the research too far? What if we start demanding designer babies? Children whose hair color, eye color, height, intelligence, we can dictate all of that. And what if we end up engineering the sex of a baby? For example, in China, where it's more preferable to have a boy, is that right? Is it fair? I think there's actually a movie about that right? Or some kind of book or some situation where they go in and they can modify their child any way they want. They can pick like intelligence and kind of like set them for life, basically. Mm -hmm. I'm not entirely sure what it is. Reach out to us if you know what that movie is. Yeah, let us know because I definitely know what you're talking about. Yeah. And if it's not a movie, we should make that movie. There you go. A million dollar project. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, it also kind of brings forth the idea of like, at what point would you stop? Like, would you want... Because there's all these physical attributes you could give your child, but you could also give them intellectual abilities, talent abilities. Like, you could literally design the most perfect human being who is a top athlete in every single field, a top intellect in every single field, like the most gorgeous human being. And does that really leave any competition? Exactly. And then my other thought is going back to like diversity, what do people consider the perfect, gorgeous, beautiful human being? Like, are we going back to Hitler and the perfect human of the... Frick, I've forgotten what they're called. Oh, my God. Uh, Aryan race. Aryan race. Aryan, Aryan race. race. Right? I could definitely see if this became a thing of the future, that there'd be some creepy politician who would probably put some kind of ad campaign out there to be like, you want your child to be blue-eyed and blonde or some weird thing which is really funny because blue eyes and blonde is actually recessive genes <laughs> so actually the, yeah actually the darker brown eyes brown hair darker skin is actually dominant mm -hmm. and we acknowledge that everyone has different types of beauty and we should appreciate each other's differences and the types of beauty that go into every single day life um, I feel like if we just had the same people around every single day that's that's boring it's interesting yeah what you said about competition because you're right if if you went into a lab like let's say you're gonna go or get pregnant and you have to pick your child's attributes you're not gonna be like you know what i feel like having a non-athletic not so smart human being you know has a great personality but maybe not those things like of course you're going to want your children to be the best that they can be so yeah there would be no competition it would just be, be kind of creepy actually yeah it would and then too we'd be missing out on the beauty of individuality and what each of us brings to the table in terms of our own insight and intelligence and even our individual cultures and the way that we see the world oh that's so true yeah, yeah. it would wipe out culture it would just be weird that's the best way to des describe it. It would be weird. It would not be what humankind is supposed to be. Because mm -hmm. we see the beauty in diversity. But I'm sure that's unfortunately... It would not be the case, I'm thinking. Some people would enjoy it a little too much. <clears throat> cough, cough. Uh, how about this? Just no Nazis. <laughs> Please no Nazis. No Nazis. God, no Nazis. <laughs> We do not support Nazism in any way, shape, or form. If you are a Nazi, please do not listen to our podcast. 
And the last one is risky pathogens. So viruses and bacteria adapt to the environment when these cannot get through the natural repellent of the genetically altered. These can grow stronger and more resistant, negatively affecting non-genetically engineered organisms. So basically, we would be getting like, if you've already genetically engineered a bunch of things, you're getting regular viruses that we could normally com combat, and now they're like super viruses because viruses are really smart and they can really adapt to what they got to deal with, I guess. Yeah, I think a really good um, example of this is STI medication. So sexually transmitted infection medication. Um, HIV in specific, human immunodeficiency virus, is so smart that you need to be taking your medication every single day as prescribed by your doctor. Because if you just stop taking it infrequently or even altogether, the HIV actually learns from the medication and how it was being fought and it mutates to be more medication resistant. So if you're not doing it as it should be done, it becomes a lot harder to pick drug options. Like there's going to be a less restricted version of what you can use because your body's developed an immunity to it. It always reminds me of Osmosis Jones. Do you ever remember that movie? Oh my God, I love that movie. <laughs> like whenever, so Amanda and I, we work for an HIV organization doing education and things like that. And sometimes like, especially when you're teaching for children, it really helps to put like a face to it. So there's always that comic of like the HIV virus, like disguising itself and like pretending that it is like a white blood cell. But I always think of Osmosis Jones, and I just and think of how, Jones. you know, viruses, they have to be smart. Also, recommendation, if anyone's looking for anything medical anime, is what I'm going to call it, uh, Cells at Work on Netflix, is a really good way of showing it. It's basically, viruses are very smart. They need to adapt, or else they'll just, like, die out. Think of, like, the common cold or the flu virus. Like, there's a reason why each year our flu vaccine is completely different because that virus keeps mutating and changing because, obviously, it wants to survive. So if you want a cool game to play, it's called Plague. I'm sure you might have heard of it, especially with 2020 happening, uh, where you basically, you are a virus or a bacteria and your goal is to infect the world. And it shows how you have to adapt or else basically the human race comes out with a cure. It's really interesting. Yeah. So you've probably heard the term GMOs in food and we've kind of touched on it a little bit in the episode, but basically a lot of the times media attaches itself to that. And so you might find when you go to the superstore, when you go to the supermarket, Superstore is a is a store is here. a brand yeah. yeah it's also a you want to watch a great Netflix show <laughs> um, <laughs> when you go to the supermarket you might see products that say non GMO and the funny thing about it is media and companies they will trick you into thinking that it's healthier for you that it doesn't have GMOs in it but that's the same as well as sometimes you might see a product that says dairy free but it's never had dairy in it. So, yeah, of course it's dairy-free. Oh, my absolute favorite is when things are like, now with added omega-3. And it's like, yeah, there was omega-3 in it originally, and then you processed the crap out of it and took it out. That's like eggs. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure eggs say they have GM or not GMOs. They have omega-3 yeah. in it. And it's like, yeah, if you just left the egg alone, it would have omega-3 in it. <laughs> A really good example is uh, when I was younger, I didn't have enough calcium. So I used to buy orange juice that had calcium in it. And lots of people were like, why don't you drink milk? I probably should have. 
I do now, but <laughs> I was the same. I to this day refuse to drink milk. <laughs> Except I got the calcium chews. Ooh. Mm. Back to the gummies. <laughs> <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> I love that. So yeah, basically if you hear anything about GMOs and how dangerous they are, just do some research into what the GMO is. Sometimes it is just genetically modified to make sure the product grows well, but sometimes it can be harmful. Sometimes there's lots of chemicals put into it so that it's like they don't have to use like pesticides and stuff like that so that bugs won't eat the crops. So those ones are dangerous, but there are definitely genetically modified food that's actually better for you so definitely do your research and we'll have a little bit of where you can learn more in a fun way actually there's actually actually there's actually holy crap love actually love actually (laughs) there is an onion that was developed that can not make you cry but as amanda says if you wear contacts you don't cry anyways (laughs) so genetically modified eyes <laughs> kind of one time my own ability to see is actually that thing in my favor <laughs> now what we want to do for each episode is to provide you with a place to learn more or maybe an organization to check out who would be able to have you volunteer for or donate to so if you're interested in learning more on gmos uh, check out bill nye saves the world on netflix especially season three episode two where they discuss gmos with carly Kloss who is not only a supermodel, but also a woman in STEM. How cool is that? Like, literally cool. Amanda told me that, and I was like, what? Yeah, and she's actually... beautiful and brainy. And she's developed these wonderful camps where she tries to get young girls interested in STEM and joining the scientific field, and it just makes me so happy. Like, keep doing the good work, Carly. So also check out Carly Kloss. (laughs) Okay, now our favorite part... The favorite parts. (laughs) Sophie, what was your favorite part of this episode? So this episode is obviously a little strange, uh, but my favorite part is the side story about Shelly beating up Stan. And I know that sounds really bad, but it's just the fact that, you know, she is a young girl, older than Stan, but can basically pick him up, throw him around, throw a TV on his head and all that jazz. I mean, myself, I have a 15 year gap between myself and my sister. Uh, But surprisingly, we also had sibling rivalry. I did not throw a TV at her. I should put that out there. But we definitely bickered. Uh, We still do, which is really weird when you think about it when I'm (laughs) in my 20s and she is not even a teenager yet. But Amanda, did you ever have sibling rivalry with your brother? Oh, heck yeah. I remember one time accidentally headbutting. I have a very small age gap between myself and my brother. He's only a few years older. I headbutted him in the backseat of our car and his nose started bleeding. (laughs) And my parents were like, why are you kids? And we're like, "Ah, sorry. (laughs) So yeah, sibling rivalry, it happens. Now Amanda, what's your favorite part? As always, my favorite part is the moment when Kenny dies. (laughs) And in this episode, we got to see Kenny be launched across the room by the Stan clone, only to land in the microwave somehow that is child-sized. Who knew? And somehow magically have the door closed and then turn to cook on high. I mean, that doctor is kind of weird, so I feel like he's the type who'd be like, I'm just going to eat a full turkey in my microwave. That's true. That's true. Or wait, aren't they at Stan's place? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Stan. actually Stan's family are weird and I mean, hey, when you got a dad like fucking Randy, you never know what to expect. You never know what's gonna be cooked in the microwave. Oh, whether it be chickens or kennies. 
Poor Kenny. Oh, my God. And then, of course, you've got to say your joke, which you told me at the beginning. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, so I love how we get through the first few minutes of this episode when they don't address the elephant in the room. Like, literally. <laughs> we were also saying, because there's a joke right after when the school bus pulls up and she's kind of like, what is this elephant? And they make a joke, which we're not going to say, because it's one of those jokes where if it was made in 2021, it just wouldn't go over so well. Like, I actually, like, kind of gasped. And I think that's the fun part about South Park, is that even though they came out with some jokes that would not be appropriate uh, nowadays, there's, like, if you get to more uh, recent seasons, they've really caught up on um, PC yeah, things, yeah. shall we say. Just to foreshadow a little bit. <laughs> and they also, they own it. And mm. I think that's the best part about it. And that's why we love Matt and Trey and why we do this podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. I cannot believe we are at episode five. We've got five more until we reach 10. Woo-hoo. It's a huge milestone. We're so excited. We're so excited. We will be putting out episodes weekly wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at two female prime ministers. Reach out to us and let us know what you liked, how we can improve, and share us with your friends. We hope after listening to our show today, you thought, you know, I learned something today. Bye! Bye.